I am Janine Dukabu, the author of Intentionality, living a rewarding and intentional life. Unlock your potential. You can live and make an impact every day. As a life and career coach, I'll help you navigate change, overcome obstacles and define your purpose. Passion, power and purpose is what I am all about. Passion for God, passion for life, passion for my family and genuinely caring for people. I am intentional. Join me as we merge passion, power and purpose to create a unique personality, giving you the power to influence and the ability to effectively reign in all aspects of life. Hi, Michelle. I want to welcome you to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine today. And the year of or the month of August is Women's Month. And we are focusing this month on gender-based violence. Now, Michelle Sarfontaine is a lawyer and she's very prominent in the family law. So, Michelle, welcome to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. Michelle, I'm going to dive right in and ask the questions that needs to be asked. And what is domestic violence? Janine, domestic violence is um, described in the Domestic Violence Act, which is easily accessible to any victim of domestic violence. If you simply Google the act, the act is very clear on what constitutes an act of domestic violence. Many people are under the impression that it's only physical abuse. That's not the case. The act actually lists 10 specific acts, which includes physical abuse, sexual abuse, economic abuse, intimidation, harassment, stalking, and damage to your property. It doesn't always have to be to you as a person. And it's uh, quite concerning that one in three women in the world are affected by sexual or um, physical abuse. That's not even taking into account all the other acts of domestic violence. Oh, that is, that is again, like we had our previous gender-based violence episode. It is a shocking, shocking statistic to know that. And, and I think what we also spoke about is that it's not only women, it's men and women. Yes, times have have drastically changed and roles have switched around in relationships as well. Many times um, men find themselves unemployed, financially dependent on their wives, and um, more often than we actually realize, men are also the subject of domestic violence. Mm. And when you know that you are obviously being abused and you are in you are part of domestic violence what is the process that you need to follow in order to to obtain a protection order or to protect yourself there um, are two acts that actually deal with with the process of abuse the domestic violence act is applicable in cases where you are actually in a domestic relationship That would be either living in together in a relationship as husband or wife, girlfriend or boyfriend or same-sex partners. But then there's also uh, instances where it's um, not, it's perhaps at your place of work or somebody at school is harassing you, then the Harassment Act is actually applicable. Both of them, however, come down to what in common um, language we call a restraining order. 
So depending on which one of the two acts your situation falls under, you will actually approach your local magistrate's court. It's also very important for victims to know that this approach can be dealt with by yourself. It's absolutely free and there's no charge when you go to court to apply for an application for domestic violence. The forms are provided at court. You complete the forms. Your application is then submitted to the magistrate who will then either give you an immediate interim order or they will call upon the perpetrator or alleged perpetrator to come and show their version of events. Once you have your order, which is the same day or the following day in most instances, the police actually assist you to serve that order on the respondent, the alleged perpetrator. And that is the moment when that order takes effect. From that moment, if the perpetrator convenes that order, they are in contempt of court and there is a warrant to arrest that um, the respondent or the perpetrator mm. for contravention of that order. Sure. It's serious. And what I like what you are saying is that it is a free process and something that you conduct, can conduct yourself because that is a lot of the time the concern is I, I can't leave because I don't have the finances. I can't leave because I can't afford a lawyer. I can't leave because of this. And the fact that it's free can already help a whole lot of people and the fact that they can do it themselves. So that is really good news. And the fact that it's changed so much that the law now is be is I almost want to say is behind people and it 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 can really help people to get the process done. Yes, the 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 application for domestic violence actually contains a certain um, provision where you can apply for emergency monetary relief. That is very important because many times. Um, these victims of abuse stay in these relationships because their biggest fear or concern is when they leave this home or this the nature of this relationship, where will I have money to pay rent? Where will I get money to buy food? He's going to cancel my medical aid or he's going to cancel my access to funds. And yeah. that is why the Act specifically makes provision and refers to um, financial or economic abuse. So mm -hmm. if, um, let's, for example, use a, a woman, because we tend to think it's more prominent abuse um, towards women. If you leave um, the matrimonial home or the home of the relationship, you um, can actually state your expenses in the application for domestic violence. It makes provision for your day-to-day -day living. So if you oh. require a deposit for a new place to stay, you can actually make that averment in your application to state that the violence is so bad that you need to leave this home and that mm. you need to acquire new accommodation. And, and that is what I like very much because there mm. are so many women staying in these abusive relationships because they will not have immediate access to funds. They can request that if he leaves the house, he must still maintain the bond payments, the medical yep. aid payments. So you, yeah, because the application of maintenance is so long and the courts are so inundated, the court dates are well in advanced um, in the in the future. This mm. process actually um, allows for immediate access to mm. financial means so that you can. Yeah. 
set up a place for you and the, the children affected by this domestic abuse. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that. And um, what can the victims of the domestic violence do to basically to ensure their safety from the abuser? Um, as as um, Mrs. Van Niekerk described yesterday, that many times you find yourself in a situation where you have no place to go. Many uh, victims of abuse have no family to turn to immediately. And I will always suggest that you phone the police to come out so that you immediately open a criminal case. Mm -hmm. The police um, are aware of, of safe houses in the area. If they cannot refer you, Google makes reference to so many places that you can go hopefully in your near vicinity. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion is that you immediately then remove yourself and if children are affected by this abuse as well and turn to a safe house, open mm -hmm. the criminal case and the very first possible opportunity you have is attend at court to obtain your protection order. Mm -hmm. And if the abuser then contravenes the protection order, steps over, steps out, what, what happens then? The, the moment that your, your interim order is granted, even before the return date where he or she has the opportunity um, to file their version with court, a warrant of arrest is issued and delivered to the nearest police station from where you stay or your place of residence. So the moment that they are in contravention of that order, you attend at the police station or you phone them if he's, for instance, entered your, your, your place of residence. Mm. They will come out with that warrant of arrest. You will open your case for contempt of court and they will arrest him. And the contravention of a protection order is punishable by law with a prison sentence. Sure. So it's very serious at the end of the day. It's really serious. And um, so you've opened up the court case. You've done all those things. Where does these victims then go at the end of the day to get support? Yes. Um, as rightly mentioned in your podcast yesterday, it, it it's still a process. I always tell my clients a protection order is at the end of the day only a piece of paper. If we are realistic, it does not stop the perpetrator from breaking into your house. It does not mm -hmm. stop him to, to drive by you and shoot you, which we many times see now is, is sure. women who get killed on their way, dropping children at school, on their way to work. And yep. yes, a court order is only a piece of paper. So it is imperative that, that victims of abuse ensure their safety. They need mm. to set themselves up as far as possible in a safe place, in <clears throat> put measures in place which, which secures them. And there are mm. so many organizations providing um, emotional support, counseling, um, yeah. enabling women to enter the place of work again because many victims have not worked for many years. They need mm. to be retrained and reintroduced into the economy. And it's, yeah. it's really worthwhile um, if you are currently in a relationship, you are feeling the pressure of the abuse and you are preparing yourself to leave this relationship. Do your research. Google has so many resources available to educate yourself 
and educate mm-hmm. your children. And and you and I were having a discussion last week about how it all gets back to education. The more mm-hmm. we educate our girls, our boys, our families, our peers, our teachers, mm-hmm. people in, in, in positions of, of responsibility, the more and the quicker this problem will be eradicated. Absolutely. Knowledge is is absolutely key here. And for so long, it's just been swept under the rug. It's just not been spoken about. And therefore, people don't have the knowledge. But I think we're definitely in a different era. We find ourselves in a very different era now where people want to make a difference. People want to step up and say something and and help. And these processes and and even these podcasts are going to make a huge difference because people that previously had no idea of what to do will know absolutely now this is my next step. There is help. And again, like I said yesterday, rightly, is there is hope and there is a way out for me. The one thing that we haven't spoken about today um, is how does domestic violence influence our children? Yes, unfortunately, in in many of these instances of domestic violence, children uh, involuntarily form a part of it. They had no choice to be there, yet they are there and they love both parents, Mm. even though they see the 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 wrong behavior in their parent, they don't necessarily identify with it as being wrong initially Mm. until the point where they get educated that this is not how one should behave. Then um, it's also very important um, for parents to note, um, be it the mother or the father, if your children forms part of, of these instances of domestic violence, either by witnessing the behavior or actually also being physically abused or, or any other form of abuse, it, it, it's your right as parent and guardian of this child mm-hmm. to approach the children's court for a protection order against that parent, that violent, mm-hmm. abusive parent. And the children's court will also investigate the circumstances where this child now needs to live and Mm. if it's found that that child is in need of care and protection further steps are taken but Mm. you are also entitled to list your child's name in your own protection order that you apply for for mothers to retirement and how the abuse to continue in front of them you are teaching them and giving them the wrong example of what love is and how a relationship should be. Mm. And it's also, it's also worth mentioning that if you are, for instance, a, a grandmother and you are aware um, that there is domestic abuse in, in your child's um, matrimonial home or the home she or he is staying in, and you know that, that um, those abusive instances are affecting your grandchildren. You do not have to be their parent to approach the court. The Act makes provision that any interested party can approach the court on behalf of a child and report the matter. And I think that is the other area where we need to get involved and not mm-hmm. just sit back Many times people say, you know, I'll pray for you. Um, I'll be your emotional support. If you need anything, give me a call. But I think the time has come for us to step up and act on when we know that there is violence, not only for the sake of the victim, but for the children, because that is where it starts and the cycle continues to happen. 
Absolutely. And I think you said for me, one very important thing is there's a different court you approach for a grown up than or for a for a mom or a dad than what you approach for a for a child. So for a child, if I can just re say that for a child, you go to children's court and then for an adult, you obviously go to normal to the magistrate, like you said. Do I understand yes, that right? And, and also, yes, you do you do. And the the nice thing is similar to the domestic violence court. The entire process at children's court is facilitated for free. In other words, not only can you report the matter for free, it is also investigated for free. The magistrate or the courts will appoint either the family advocate or a social worker to attend to an investigation, which will be at no cost to the person who reports the matter. That's awesome. And and also the fact that, like you said, a grandmother, a family member, an aunt can report it now at family court. We no longer have to just 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 tolerate the things that are happening around us. It's not right. And it's our time to step up and do something about it. I agree with you 100 percent, Michelle. Yes, I also would like to make a mention of an organization um, in South Africa called ProBono.org. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can visit their website. Um, it's just like you pronounce it, probono.org. And they actually have a center at Constitutional Hill in Bramfontein who assist women um, at no cost to themselves for maintenance, domestic violence, children's court applications. Um, it's really unreal the facilities that they've put into place for women whose matters are a bit more complicated, who perhaps don't have the ability to speak in court and fight their own matters, they appoint a legal representative on your behalf to deal with your matter. And they provide consultations on the full spectrum from children's court to maintenance, domestic violence, and um, they can then refer you to, to organizations who can enable you economically uh, places to stay, safe houses. And um, that's one of the organizations I know of that do provide free legal representation to women who feel that they just cannot deal with this matter by themselves. But the courts have put those systems in place for us for free at no cost to any a victim of domestic abuse to at least only get that initial protection uh, order, the interim order to enable you to feel some sort of uh, sense of safety from the yeah. perpetrator. Absolutely. Probono.org is what you said. That's it, yes. Probono.org. That's wonderful. I'll include it as well on the podcast. So, Michelle, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've learned once again so much. And, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to have, have to have you here. And um, thank you so much for your input. Um, it's going to not help. It's going to help so, so many women and also men. Like I said, it's not just women, but it's going to help so many people in the future to just tackle this thing head on. We need to speak up. And uh, I like the the slogan of Project Rage where they say hashtag no more blood on my hands. And exactly that's what we're doing. Together with the other organizations, we are helping one person at a time. And like we discussed as well, knowledge is key. And just in today's episode, there was so much knowledge that went out, the process, the protection, the fact that you can do it yourself. You don't need the financial aid to do it. Even if you don't have it, you can do it yourself. 
So it's basically we're getting to that point where no matter who you are and how bad your situation is, you are able to get out and to make a difference, not only for yourself, but also for other people. Yes, we are empowered. Absolutely. That is exa- that is the right word. We are empowered, yeah. So, thank, thank you, Michelle. You. It's been an honor. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to 10 Intentional Minutes with Janine. If this program has helped you in any way today, be intentional and share it with a friend. To order your copy of Intentionality, go to www.inten.co.za or shop online and purchase your copy from all leading and participating retailers. Follow me on social media at janintukabu.co.za or visit my website for more information. Now, go be intentional.